Talk That Matters, brought to you by the Salvation Army. Ever been rock climbing? The adrenaline buzz, the victory dance at the top, provided you get there. Stephen Dale was a fit and physically strong guy in his early 20s, the day he decided to climb a cliff on Phillip Island in front of his two friends. But at the 30 metre mark, he slipped and fell all the way to the bottom onto a rocky beach below. And he survived and tells his story and why he tried it. Because I'd had a couple of drinks, as was my way, I decided that I was going to prove how big a man I was. And I decided that I was going to climb the cliff that was behind me. But in his words, trying to prove how big a man he was went wrong. At about the 30 metre mark, I slipped and I skidded for a while up until I hit a ledge, which maybe was 10 or 15 metres, maybe 25 off the ground and I supposedly launched off the top of that ledge onto rocks on the bottom. How many of us would survive a fall of 30 metres? Steve described his injuries, the head injuries, the shattering of the skull, brain swelling, a dozen fractures across the base of his skull and it went on. Basically just uh, smashing the right hand side of my head. Uh, my spine was dislocated from my hips, the spine itself separated itself from my hips and the force of that happening or the trauma of that happening broke off five bones uh, connected to the, um, the five vertebrae. His two friends at the bottom gave him CPR for 45 minutes. While he was performing the CPR there was a lot of frothy blood coming out of my mouth and uh, he obviously knew that that meant that I had a lot of fractured ribs and it was possibly breaking or, or piercing the lungs. I supposedly had about five, four or five heart stoppages rather than heart attacks. My heart stopped because of the trauma rather than my heart uh, arrested. A rescue helicopter was a long way off. People came by because Robin and Dave were screaming for help and some people came and didn't help. Uh, but one person did actually call the ambulance and then the helicopter arrived. And the helicopter arrived in very dangerous situations because it was a very narrow inlet of a beach. After being flown to hospital, Steve remained in a coma for five days, but it wasn't the Hollywood kind of coma. Mine was a very um, violent and aggressive coma, meaning that my eyes were closed and I was not able to communicate with the outside world, but they, uh, I was very angry and was thrashing around despite the fact that I had a dislocated spine, but they didn't want to hold me down for fear that the brain needs to move and the brain needs my body to move. And so they gave me a ward and covered the floor of the ward with a dozen or so mattresses to allow me to thrash around the floor. With my father being there, my sister just find me around with the drip and uh, trying to protect anybody else who came into the room as I was very aggressive and I would attack anybody from the floor who was too close to me. Tell us about the body cast you were in for three months. Well, uh, a spiker, which is uh, the name of the cast, is from under your arms, from your armpits down to your knee. And I had lost a, a, approximately 40 kilograms and I was approximately 87, 88, maybe 89 when I had the accident. So they put this body cast on me after I'd had my back surgery to fuse my spine back to my hips. And they'd given me this body cast when I weighed mid-40s in kilograms. So obviously I didn't have any weight or any room to move. In his new ward, dressed in full body cast, Steve found himself surrounded by patients with severe head injuries, but nothing wrong with them physically, and they looked at him very menacingly. If I was to survive, I had to learn to walk. 
because you see when you're lying on a on a bed in a body cast and you weigh 45 to 50 kilograms and there was one person in particular who I would wake up and he would be standing next to my bed with a very murderous look on his face and he would be holding a 20 or 30 kilogram dumbbell and his intention was to drive that into my body or into my skull or whatever it would be. You can only do so much if you're in a body cast and you're lying down so really I had to learn how to walk. I wonder how many people, if any, have ever walked in a full body cast. But that's not all Steve did. To be restored to a full life again, Steve had to learn to walk, talk, read, everything all over again. And it took a lot of self-belief, a lot of extraordinary pain and effort, and a willingness to get up and try again every time he failed. I had to be willing to get it wrong for a long period of time, but just not stop trying to get it right. And that took me between six and seven years. Six or seven years learning how to walk, talk, read. Talking on the phone was the hardest because Steve said he couldn't see the other person and the panic attacks, the vomiting and other responses took over. But he learnt by copying his sister. And I heard my sister talk on the phone to somebody so casually. So I just hung around the phone as often as I could to try and remember what Kath would say. She would answer the phone with, hello, oh, what you doing? Sounds great. Oh, okay, bye. So that was what I practiced. I just practiced, hello, what you doing? Sounds great, okay, bye. Hello, what you doing? Sounds great, okay, bye. And I just practiced that again and again and again and again. And I just remember, remember being by the phone, just waiting for it to ring. And then one day it, it rang and I just shuffled over to the phone picked up the phone and, hello, what you doing? Sounds great, okay, bye. And that was it, and I just hung up. One thing Steve didn't have to relearn was his sense of humour, or his self-belief. It was also about changing the thoughts that came into his mind, stopping the lies the devil would want him to believe, the lies that were whispered into his ear every day. I used to have this trick, and that was saying the word yes. I used to say it again and again and again, because with a head injury, you get very depressed and the voices in your head are saying, kill yourself, do terrible things, everyone hates you. It's all, this, it's all these things that I know are lies. But when you hear them enough times, you start believing them. And I thought, in, the, in order for me to change my mind and to get that cracked record on something positive, I'll just keep saying the word yes. So I'll be walking down the street with yes, 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 and try and turn my brain from a negative one into a positive. So every step he took, he said the word yes out loud. Steve also learned to read again by reading out loud onto a tape recorder, learning to focus long enough on the first word so when he got to the second word, he could remember the first and then being able to move along the sentence in the same way. After two years, Steve could read one page onto a tape recorder and seven years later, he could speed read and is now a professional speaker. But learning to read was just as painful. He remembers a day when he first started learning to read again and he was studying in a library. It was during his attempt to return to college after the accident. That I refocused on the book that I'd been studying for three hours. That I'd been studying for three hours. And I, the picture was upside down, the picture in the book. My first thought was, I am so brilliant. This is like a textbook and a million people have seen this book and no one's noticed that the picture is upside down. No one's noticed that I am just brilliant and I was so full of myself. And then I noticed that the caption 
of the photo was also upside down. I thought, wow, that's just incredible that I've noticed it. And then my eyes started to go across the other words of the page and I noticed that every page was upside down. So in actual fact, it immediately came to me that I had been studying a book for three hours that had been upside down and I hadn't noticed. And I looked at the so-called... <laughs> I looked at all the notes that I've been making and they were just rubbish. Imagine reading a book that's upside down, taking notes, and then realising three hours later the book was upside down and every note was just rubbish. But above all the victories over the seven years of learning how to walk again, to talk again, to read again, one of Steve's most memorable days was early on when the full body cast was removed. Steve recalls how the smell was horrendous, being in a full body cast, so bad that his skin was covered in blotches, not being able to go to the toilet properly, not being able to wash. Well, when they, <laughs> when they opened the cast, now that was, that was a very memorable day. This guy who's got a face mask on with a, um, a circular saw in his hand, and he looks at you and he's, with his eyes and goes, don't move. And when he peeled that back, the Mel, it was, it was just terrific. But I remember it as clearly as I remember anything, and that is the sound of these two guys behind me when they opened up the stench of my cast. I remember one guy saying, obviously looking at my skin and going, oh, wow. And the other guy going, I know, I've seen that before. All this petrified brown, yellow stuff fell off my skin and left this stain on my skin. Perhaps having two parents who loved God and covered their children continually in prayer was the reason Steve survived after falling off a cliff 30 metres. It's just another example of how powerful the prayer of a righteous man and woman can be and a reminder to cover our loved ones in prayer every day. Next week, Steve reveals the extent of the bullying he received at school which led him to become the bull in a china shop personality that he was in his 20s, and how he dealt with it, which is really what led him to the decision to climb the cliff in the first place. Because I'd had a couple of drinks, as was my way, I decided that I was going to prove how big a man I was, and I decided that I was going to climb the cliff that was behind me. I can't stand to fly I'm not that naive I'm just out to find the better part of